2: championing the core conservative principles of limited government, individual liberty, free enterprise, and traditional values. This is The John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS.
4: Welcome back to the John
3: Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Wichita's number one talk, sponsored by Wink Hartman and the Hartman Group of Companies. Don't forget, if you ever miss an episode, you can always visit knssradio.com. You'll find a link to podcasts of all our previous episodes there. And make sure you like and share the John Whitmer Show on Facebook and True Social And, of course, follow me on Twitter, at John R. Whitmer. Those are the best ways to stay informed on all the latest show updates. Well, in his provocative new book, The Myth of American Inequality, How Government Biases Policy Debate, a former United States senator, eminent economist, and a former senior leader at the Bureau of Labor Statistics challenge the prevailing consensus from the left that income equality is a growing threat to American society. But if income equality isn't the threat that the left imagines it to be, then why are liberals so obsessed with it? And, And trust me, they're obsessed with it. Go have a conversation with one of them. Joining us now to help answer that question is former Texas Senator Phil Graham. He's had a long and distinguished career in public service, academia, and the private sector. He served in the U.S. Congress representing Texas, for more than two decades, first as the sixth congressional district representative to the U.S. House of Representatives, then later as a senator. He is currently a visiting scholar at the American Enterprise Institute. Senator Graham, thank you for joining us this evening, sir. It's a pleasure to have you on the show.
4: Well, John, thank you so much uh, for having me and for that very nice introduction.
3: Well, Senator, it's a pleasure. We, We really appreciate having you on. And uh, you know, this is a topic, the the left really is obsessed with this, and, and what's what's ironic, and this is not the first time this has happened, but their, their obsession and their narrative doesn't match the facts, because if you look at it, like for example, purchasing power has grown for both lower and middle income earners overall in the past generation, so the facts don't match their rhetoric a- at all on this issue, and yet they continue to push it, it's as if It's become like a religion to some of them, and yet they just continue to push it as if we hope we'll buy into it.
4: Well, uh, I think it, to some degree, has become somewhat of a religion. Uh, Environmentalism is similar in that respect. Yes, very much so. Very much so. Um, But basically, what has happened is that in 1947, the Census Bureau made some simplifying assumptions uh, to try to measure household income. And in 1947, there were very few payments that weren't made in cash equivalent. And so they counted on cash and cash equivalent income. But when the federal government started making huge government transfers in 1965, as the average transfer payments to the bottom 20% of American household earners grew uh, from $9,700 in 1965 in real purchasing power dollars to $45,400 today. The Census Bureau continued to fail to count two-thirds of those transfer payments as income to the recipients. And of equal importance, did not count taxes as income that a taxpayers lost when they paid the taxes. Hmm. So that the Census Bureau argues that the top 20% of earners in the country make 16.7 times what the bottom 20% make. When you go back and count all the transfer payments, like some of them that are not counted, for example, are refundable tax credits, where you get a check from the treasury, food stamps, where you get a debit card you can take to the grocery store, Welfare, uh, basically Medicaid, <laughs> yeah, all yeah. Mil- m- most welfare programs, Medicaid, rent subsidies. The government just pays the bills. When you count all those as income, the people that got the benefits, and then you take taxes paid away from people that as income away from the people that paid the taxes. Actually, the ratio of the top 20 to the bottom 20 of earners is not 16.7 to 1, but 4 to 1. Hmm. The poverty rate is not 12%, but it's about 2 to 3%. And finally, you have we've all seen this. The Economist magazine says it is an unchallenged uh, fact that income inequality is growing rapidly in America. Bernie Sanders says it's obscene and it's unsustainable. Well, we show in this book that if you count all transfer payments as income to people that got the benefits and taxes as income lost the people that paid the taxes, that income inequality is actually a little bit lower today than it was in 1947. So John, we're having a huge debate about people by people who want to remake the American economy, uh, on the argument that you've got massive growth in inequality when in fact, income inequality is no greater today than it was the end of World War II.
3: Right well if you're not counting the benefits and we, we I mean you have to call it a benefit but if you're not counting the the benefits the subsidies the welfare that folks are receiving from the federal government from the basically redistribution of wealth then I mean that's not you, you got to compare apples to apples here and that's I think where where this argument falls apart because you're not including the income lost from people who are paying taxes and you're not including the benefits received from people who are receiving these benefits that's why this argument falls that's where it
4: falls apart well listen you remember that president biden and uh the speaker and the majority leader were saying In 2021, that if we dramatically increased the refundable tax credit for children, that we could cut the child poverty rate in half.
5: Right, right.
4: Well, they they dramatically increased it, and when the official child poverty rate came out, it was virtually unchanged. Right. Why? Because they didn't count it. And then they were forced to put out a supplemental where they said, well, if you had counted it. (laughs) <laughs> this is what would happen. The problem is people take these numbers seriously. From the census income number that counts only $0.9 trillion of $2.8 trillion of transfers and no taxes, uh, the uh, poverty rate is calculated and the income inequality rate is calculated. And as a result, we we need to get our facts straight, well, and when you get the facts straight, you can say, well, there should be more income redistribution. Four to one is too much, but it's a different debate when it's four to one than when they're claiming that it's sixteen, 16 point to exactly. one.
3: Exactly, Well, you know, you know, Senator Liberals have I've always struggled with facts. We're we're talking with former <laughs> Texas Senator Phil Graham, Senator. Uh, another refrain we constantly hear from the left is this notion that quote you know the richest americans or big corporations quote don't pay their fair share that's another area that you t- cover in this book um it, it, do they i'm i mean it it's just this such a, an oxymoron that they say people don't pay their fair share because it sure seems to me like you know people are in fact paying their fair share and then there are some that aren't paying anything at all
4: well look it <laughs> It all depends on who's defining the fair fair share. Thank you. Yes, exactly. What we do do is we take data from the Internal Revenue Service, okay, the tax forms you file, they have you paid, and we look at those all the way from the bottom 20% of income earners all the way up to the top 0.001%. And then we look at the 400 highest income people in the country. And basically what we find is that the income tax rate rises uh, consistently up to uh, the mid, and this is counting federal, state, and local taxes. It rises to 40.6% at the 0.01% And then it basically stays at that weight, and when you get to the top 400 earners, it falls back some because most of these people are earning most of their income through uh, assets they own, and they're giving away so much money uh, that it affects their tax rate. This is people like uh, Bill Gates, Warren Buffett.
5: right. Right. Yeah.
4: And uh, we also look at the fact that the top 10 percent of earners in America pay a larger share of the total income tax burden than the top 10 percent in any other country on Earth. And the bottom 90 percent pay a smaller share than in any other country on Earth. And we also then look at, well, who are these really rich people? And uh, take Bill Gates. He owns, he built Microsoft. He owns 7% of it. He is a really rich guy. But who owns the other 93%? Basically, our pension funds.
3: Right, Right. exactly, exactly.
4: So he's made all of us now rich. Now, look, if it bothers you that he is really rich, in you're bothered, but you're richer because he's rich. Thank you. Yes. You're not you. poorer because he's rich. Right. Uh, uh, Warren Buffett is the greatest investor in history, right. and he's rich, and he doesn't spend very much money, so who benefits from it? Right. This he is envy. Invest the money in America. It's all class envy. Dies, in the sad day when he dies, the government is going to take a big chunk of what he's got and they're going to spend it. And we, in my opinion, will be worse off with them spending it than having him invested in America's future, where we're creating jobs, growth, and opportunity everywhere.
3: You're exactly right. It, and
4: it, that's, that's a story we tell. It's, it's exactly we class on,
6: envy.
4: Uh, we, then we go on, John, and look at income mobility. It, can you rise in America? And the answer is Yes. of all children that grow up in the bottom 20% of income earners, the poorest households in America, 93% of them go on to live in households that have more income than their parents did. And 62% of them not only have more, but they rise, including 6.1% that go all the way to the top. And that's the key. Uh, yeah, look, America works, uh, but you've got to work to make America work. And one of the sad things we show is that the explosion of welfare benefits have induced uh, the, the people that, that are in the lowest income quintile in the country the number of them working has fallen from 68% to 36% and if you don't work you you get off the escalator that's the american system of opportunity and it basically stunts your ability to rise
3: yep exactly that's part of the problem right there exactly
4: That's right.
3: It is. Senator, I know we have to let you go, but I want to ask you, and it's a little off topic, but I want to ask you just a little bit about the state of politics in America today. You know, you served six years in the House and 18 years in the Senate. You've seen a lot over your years, your time in D.C. Have you ever seen a time when when Congress was as as polarized and as partisan as it is today?
4: No. But let me say that When I was in the Senate, uh, I could work with Ted Kennedy and I could work with Senator Byrd because while they wanted government to be bigger, they didn't want to destroy the basic economic system of the country. Today, unfortunately, there there are a substantial number of people in American public life who literally want to tear down our economic system and build it back in the image of a socialist state when socialism has never worked anywhere in the world under any circumstance. And uh, I think it has more to do with power than prosperity, but the point is it makes compromise very, very difficult.
3: Yeah, that's true, that's Um, true. It's hard to compromise with that kind of person, mind yeah. with that mindset.
4: Yeah, that's right. If they want to destroy our system, I don't. I, what that that that's something you fight about. It's not something you compromise on.
3: Right, right. The other the um, other question. I know you served with uh, in the Senate with Joe Biden, um, and, and you know I read. I in preparing for this interview, I read some of the stories. It seemed like the two of you were were collegial. Uh, does he seem to be the same to you? It, it, I mean, it sure seems cognitively, at least, that he he's no longer firing on on all cylinders. It seems like he's really lost a step.
4: Well, let me first say that um, I was able to work with Joe Biden, and um, as a human being, I found him to be a good human being. Uh, he was always a whole lot more liberal than I was, and to some extent sort of blown with a wind. And I think he is surrounded by a bunch of hardcore leftists, people that were in the Obama administration, but they were hidden back in the back room.
7: Mm-hmm.
4: They are now running things in the Biden administration. Now, how seriously to take somebody forgetting who who died in a car wreck or somebody's name? You got to realize when you're old, you you feel that that's not such a big problem. That, uh, but I, I think it is a problem that the people who are making these decisions in the Biden administration are hostile. To the system itself, the people he's appointed these regulatory agencies. They're not only opposed to the interest of the of the air. They're not only opposed to the industries they regulate. Hostile toward them. They're hostile toward the economic system of the country. Yes, I don't know where these people came from. No,
3: um, you're right. You're right. Absolutely. Um,
4: so, uh, and I think it's very dangerous. Uh, but um, it's the world we live in, and, uh, you know, we have elections to deal with it. S-
3: Senator, again, thank you for, for joining us this evening. The book is called The Myth of American Equality, How Government Biases Policy Debate. It's available on Amazon. If folks are interested, they can get a copy there. Highly, highly recommend the book. They can find a, a copies on Amazon, Correct.
4: Yes, and in most big bookstores, and don't be put off by the numbers if you're trying to show that what people have been told for decades is wrong. you got to provide some evidence, Uh, but it's an easy read, and I think it's a good read, and uh, it's a fulfilling read in the sense that it provides evidence that I think reassures the reader. That America still works. Yes. It produces a cornucopia of goods and they're widely distributed. But to get your full share, you've got to work hard and you've got to stay in the job market. Um, I think that's the message.
3: Well, Senator Graham, thank you again for joining us this evening. I appreciate your time, and uh, I look forward to reading the book myself. You guys sent me a copy, so thank you again. Thank you again for joining us this evening. Carry on the fight, my friend. Thank you, John. I appreciate
4: it, and I enjoyed it. Bye.
3: Stay in the, uh, in the job market. What a novel concept. Holy cow. <laughs> Where have I heard that before? Gee, even Christmas. Democrats most hate that idea. We'll be taking your calls at 845, but coming up after the break... Our old friend Curtis Houck from Newsbusters will be with us to expose the media's biased coverage of the midterm elections. You're listening to The John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS on Wichita's number one talk. We'll be back right after this.
8: During November, we're celebrating yes November with savings and discounts all month long at Rusty Eck Ford. Yes, all new Fords in stock priced under MSRP up to $3,800 off. Yes, we have discounts available when you order your new Ford with us, too. Yes, we'll take anything in on trade, no matter what you owe and no matter what it is. Yes, we will get you the finance option that fits your needs. Yes, Rusty Eckford has what you're looking for with over 300 new and pre-owned vehicles available. We're making it easy to say yes to your new Ford with big discounts up to $3,800 under MSRP. Top dollar for any trade and financing options for everyone. At Rusty Ford, Wichita's only President's Award winning dealer, two years running. If you don't come see us today, we can't save you any money. Rusty Eckford at RustyEckford.com. Prices plus tax and fees all rebase the dealer. Stock number 22T518, MSRP 59780, sale price 559.29. Cannot be combined with other offers with approved credit. Negative equity could affect financing terms and approval. Negative equity will carry over to new purchase. Excuse Raptor, Tremor, GT500, and Bronco. Offers expire at month end.
2: Are you sick and tired of living with that constant pain in your knees and back? You know joint pain doesn't have to just keep you from doing what you love. It affects your job, relationships, and even simple things like getting dressed. Hey, it's Jack Oliver. It's time to call QC Kinetic. QC Kinetic uses advanced. Advanced regenerative medicine to restore and repair damaged joint tissue, giving you your life back. Hips, shoulders, elbows—they can all be treated with natural biologics from your own body. Powerful healing agents, highly concentrated. If you're tired of steroid shots that don't work, or if you're trying to avoid surgery, call QC connects now to schedule your free consultation. Learn about these exciting new cutting-edge treatments for pain caused by arthritis or injury. No drugs, no pain meds, no downtime. This is an all-natural treatment that can get you last. Relief. People here have been raving about the result. Call now. Appointments are available for this coming week. QC Kinetic. 316-285-9975. 316-285-9975. QC Kinetic. 316-285-9975.
5: Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call term provider. Speak with Big Lou Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Call 800-777-1979. 800-777-1979.
2: Your phone call is welcome at 869-1330. This is The John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS.
3: Welcome back to the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk, sponsored by Wink Hartman and the Hartman Group of Companies. You can also listen to us by downloading the Odyssey app or telling your smart speaker to play KNSS radio. And make sure you like and share the John Whitmer Show on Facebook and True Social and Follow me on Twitter at John R. Whitmer. Those are the best ways to stay informed on all the latest show updates. Well, not surprisingly, after a uh, disappointing show for the GD- GOP and Tuesday's midterms, the three leftist evening news broadcasts sought to further alienate the few Right-leaning viewers, I, I don't know why you're watching mainstream media if you are, but at any rate, the, the few right-leaning viewers they might have ended up having to endure gloating over the Democrats exceeding the expectations by not getting wiped out, as is common by in a president's first midterm election. Joining us now to expose the media's typically biased election night coverage is Curtis Houck. He is the managing editor for Newsbusters at the MRC. Curtis, thank you for joining us this evening. It's nice to have you back on the show again, my friend. Good to have you back, brother. Yeah, good to be with you, my friend. How are you? Uh, you know, I could be better. Um, this was not a, uh, a, a what we expected, not what we wanted. And, you know, it is what it is. You got to dust yourself off, pick yourself up, and move on to the next election, right?
6: Uh, I mean, unfortunately, that's, that's just the way it is. Uh, um this feels very reminiscent of the, the presidential election when I was a college student in 2012. Yeah. You feel good and uh, things don't really go your way. I think that was the disappointment for a lot of people that are still upset about 2020, which was especially if you're younger or not politically active, you know, Donald Trump made you active in 2016. You never went through an election where things were disappointing. And so this is yet another election. Where people that haven't been in politics as long, which there's nothing wrong with, that sometimes things don't go your way. Right. And uh, even the models, the polls, um, after the pollsters missed 2020 and 2016, uh, for Democrats, you know, the country was way more Republican. uh, We're finding out what it's like to be on the other side of things with pollsters going the wrong way for Democrats. for
3: Democrats. Well, and, you know, it's one thing to lose, but it's another thing to win disgracefully. I, I mean, it's one thing to lose. and It's another to have a, your rubbed your, your face rubbed in it. You know, it, it's I mean, take ABC News World Tonight uh, anchored David Muir. Uh, this guy was the gloater in chief for his network's newscast all night long as I was kind of flipping back and forth and watching and don't get me wrong, I I like it when I see them. I, so I have to kind t- of take perverse pleasure when they're you know crying on the air when they lose. But this just was pathetic. I mean, this guy was there talking about how the results defied expectations and defied history. And it, I mean, Curtis, it just reminded me of you know former MSNBC host Chris Matthews and his thrill going up his leg moment. You know, it was just it was so pathetic how much they were gloating. Over the fact that they didn't get their butts kicked, but it was it was over the top. And this is supposed to be quote unquote journalists,
6: right? And both on Wednesday night and uh, Wednesday morning, we saw. I mean, this is something that they do after every election, but it's nonetheless insufferable. Where the media fawn over, you know, first historic first, yeah. uh, Particularly Maxwell Frost, you know, folks watch for Maxwell Frost to be the new AOC. He's the first member of Generation Z, which is his act. It's true to be elected to Congress. Uh, problem is, though, he represents an extremely blue district in out of Orlando, the Orlando area, one of the few Democrat seats. Uh, left in Florida. Uh, 538 has it at D plus 29. So it's not like what this guy did was ultra, like, you know, star power, right. with national, uh, you know, implications. You know, a very liberal, you know, 20 something who ran on gun control and abortion. Right, won big a deal. Dark blue seat. Right, that, abortion, that big deal. That, matter.
3: That's like Jerry Moran winning in Kansas. I mean, it's a red state. Right. We elect the Republicans. So what? It's. AOC wins her house seat. Okay, so what? <laughs> Paints wet. Yeah,
6: or more. And the other one I'll just – the two other just ads that we've been seeing over the last couple of days is Westmore in Maryland and Maura Healy winning in Massachusetts. She's the first female governor of Massachusetts and the first openly lesbian governor uh, in the in U.S. history. And Westmore, the first black man to be elected uh, governor of Maryland. Uh, Newsflash. Uh, Democrats win in democrat states
3: yeah well and the other thing is so what i, I mean it's it, it's just the left wing is so obsessed with identity politics it, it it just it shows that that's what they care about as opposed to they're qualified as opposed to you know they represent their constituents no it's all about identity politics i i would rather hear that this person's qualified to do the job no, they're mm-hmm. Gen Z. That's, that's, I mean, why is the fact that he's Gen Z relevant as opposed to he cares about his constituents? He's going to represent them well. He's got a, you know, small business background or he served his country. No, he's Gen Z, so that's what matters to these people.
6: Yeah, I mean, it, it's pretty pathetic. I mean, Wes Moore is the new darling. He was on uh, Thursday's CBS mornings where, um, you know Gail King fawned over him, but I should remind people Westmore. The only reason Westmore is a thing is because Opal Winfrey made him a thing. Ah, well that
3: makes. She promoted
6: him, and Gail King. The only reason Gail King exists is because of Oprah Winfrey. But you wouldn't know that the two of them were just glomming together. I'm sure once they got off air, they were, you know, texting each other like "Great job, buddy." You know fist <laughs> pump emoji like. Uh, but and this is the problem. This is one of the most insidious things that really uh, makes me. Annoy, But also really drives me to be in this business is because viewers and listeners don't know that, you know, that kind of incestuous nature.
3: Right. The mutual these admiration friends, society. These people
6: are married. People don't actually know those kinds of things. And they need to know those things because it should help. It helps them become better informed citizens when it comes to their media consumption, and whether they should trust what people are telling them or not.
3: Well, as a general rule, they shouldn't. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. And uh, by the way, we're talking with Curtis Howe, managing editor for NewsBusters. Uh, and this, Curtis, this has continued all week. The morning shows had their, you know, moments of gloating and outright laughter. Uh, I mean, you had the, the hilarious bit um, on two on, I guess it was Thursday, when they were talking about how uh, that people should not quote unquote bet against Joe Biden. I mean. <laughs> Joe Biden, I, I'm not sure Joe Biden knows what day it is, and yet the media was telling us that we shouldn't bet against him. I, Joe Biden right. doesn't know whether or not he should bet against himself.
6: Well, it's interesting about that on CBS Mornings from Ed O'Keefe and, and Nate Burleson, who doesn't know anything. He's just there because he's a former NFL player, and Gail King likes him. Uh, you know, guys, Joe Biden, how many times did Joe Biden have to run for president before he won? <laughs> Thank you.
7: <Yeah>. Like—
6: <laughs> Oh, don't bet against Joe Biden, you know. And like when he did run, you know, in, was it was in 2008. He got one per like a point and a half or less than right. half a point in like I in the Hawkeye Caucus. Like, come on.
3: Yeah, uh, Joe it's Biden his, like
6: last. He's one of those people that when there were debates, he'd be one of the people on the far ends right. of the like TV debate stage.
3: Joe Biden uh, so only knows what kind of not accurate. He only knows what kind of pudding he wants. I mean, it, it, that that's uh, Joe Biden is so. Mentally, he the only person that makes Joe Biden look good on a stage is Fetterman. I mean, that's how bad this is. Post,
6: yeah. I, <laughs> I was gonna say, I mean, it, it, he was, and that is the thing as a native Pennsylvanian um, from Leicester, Pennsylvania, that is uh, another race that was absolutely incredible to see that the media really rallied uh, behind Fetterman, really making trying to humanize him and make him seem like. He's just this poor man that we need to help by voting for him instead of like looking at he's a uh, cast member of the Adams family with the policies of Bernie Sanders.
3: Yeah, no, that's a good analysis. I mean, he does remind me of uh, Lurch know, or the I mean, monster from Young Frankenstein. I mean, he really Young is Young
6: Frankenstein yeah. with Bernie Sanders policies. <laughs> yeah. and, but but here again, yes, uh, there's a lot of questions and I think they're all fair about the primary system in Pennsylvania. Uh, the influence of President Trump and Dr. Oz and whether he was the right candidate. Um, you know, at the end of the day, voters showed that they, do- they like voting for people who've actually lived in Pennsylvania, like who actually grew up in Pennsylvania, who know Pen- who know their state, people who know their state, uh, and not someone who just moved there and claimed, well, I've lived here before when I did medical school at 10. Yeah. I mean that really just didn't fly with voters. It was very clear. They can talk about abortion mattering and apparently in the exit polls it did. Uh but you you then point out though, pro life governors otherwise did quite well across the country. So uh I just don't buy this notion that uh the Republicans stepped in it when it came to abortion. Uh that, that was the huge difference outside of Northern Virginia where uh, you know, white guilt is at its fever pitch you know that's probably the worst part of the country where the rich white liberal women there you know they love their baby killing and abortion so other than that i just don't buy it
3: you did bring up uh i'm glad you brought up abortion because it's one of the interesting things and i saw a report that that you guys did the media research center did prior to the election you guys did an analysis uh, regarding the midterm television coverage, and you compared it to four years ago where TV midterm coverage hammered Republican candidates when then-President Trump was running with like 88% negative spin. And then you looked at it this time around where it was about uh, literally 15 minutes of airtime on Biden versus 24 minutes of negative airtime to Republicans. And how you and you, your analysis showed that literally during this period of midterms versus Trump's midterms the media totally pushed the democrat talking points this time whereas voters were concerned about issues like inflation issues like taxes the you know high price of gas the media was talking about abortion policy and now as you as you say the exit polls were showing abortion was an issue and yet in reality that's not what people felt, but that's how people voted. I think that's partly due to the media, don't you, Curtis?
6: I would say the same too, and the fixation on democracy, this criminalization yes. of dissent by President Biden and their allies in the media, that not only are conservative anybody from you know, conservative to ultra mega, so to speak, is pretty much an enemy of the state and, you know, domestic terror threats, uh, because something, something January 6th, uh, it's incredibly dangerous. And, I mean, there's nothing more fearful than being told that your Republican neighbor across the street or your Republican family member or even your spouse uh, is one incident away from storming the Capitol. Uh, that utter nonsense. Uh, this de- and yet they cry demonization. You know, John Dixon on CBS, leading up to the election, to cry this apocalyptic thinking in our politics. Uh, but then he was like, "But basically, it's a Republican problem." Right. And you're like, you you identify the thing that's correct, but then the, the group of people are the reason why you don't go there. And when it comes to our study, you know, Brent Bozell this argument on Newsmax the other week. It's one thing if you're going to give negative coverage to the party in power. We think it was horribly biased, but you you just want to grant them that argument that Republicans had all levers of power, so the media are going to be tough on them. Okay. But then you would think the inverse would be true this year because Democrats had all three levers, but the numbers were exactly the same Right. with 87 percent negative coverage. kerry Lake 100 percent negative coverage. Memanaz, 82, and Herschel walker 89. Those were the three – Uh, candidates that we measured, um, it's pretty stark uh, when you look at it that way, that our rich noise did, when you look at the evening newscast. And we strip out, just by the way, sound bites from candidates or outright partisans. So we're looking at evaluative statements by people, journalists, who are supposed to be objective.
3: Right. Well, at case in point, you never heard really anyone in the media calling out Katie Hobbs for refusing to debate They didn't give John Fetterman much of a hard time for only agreeing to one debate in the last essentially the last week or two of the campaign. If if Republicans were doing that, there would be much wailing and gnashing of teeth. And it just goes to show I really do think this this election cycle more than any other has showcased how the media truly is biased for the Democrats and is playing in elections more than any any other time before in history, I think.
6: Oh, they play for keeps. They play dirty. You can fill in the blank, whatever word you want to use. Um, you know, they they really truly don't care. Um, and even when they behave, it's clearly tamped down, like the lid was put on the pot of boiling water. Uh, that's really what CNN was like for yeah. the first three hours of their coverage. The Chris Licht that a vision that he claims to talk about with CNN not being like. Deranged was there. It was just magic wall, and it were numbers, and um, that's all it was for three hours. But then the first time that they broke and went back to a panel, uh, you know, once polls had closed, they want to talk about Westmore and Maura Healy. You know, like a lesbian wins in Massachusetts, and a black man wins in Maryland. Okay, but like, just so you know, this is kind of dumb, and and Democrats meddled in these elections, and especially in Maryland. To get the uh, Republican nominee, that right, they yeah, did. they meddled in and the they primaries. They talk about that either, yep. so it's it's just, it's with the media, it's when they're behaving. You should go in with the assumption that that it's like they're dying to just ex- they're about to explode <laughs> because they have to be fair.
3: Curtis, as always, I appreciate you, brother. If folks want to, you've got a great Twitter feed. They should follow you on Twitter, especially now that Twitter's getting a little bit more balanced it's at curtis hauck h-o-u-c-k and obviously they can get more information great data at newsbusters.org right
6: yeah absolutely at newsbusters on twitter as
3: well i appreciate you brother stay uh stay
6: in the fight my friend you as well you as well
3: we'll take a quick break but stick around because we're going to talk with deb lucia who is running as a veteran leadership slate Hoping to lead the Sedgwick County Republican Party in next week's reorganization. You're listening to the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk.
0: We want to see you in a
3: Midwest Kia.
1: The leaves outside are falling and so are the prices at Midwest Kia. Have you fallen out of love with your current ride? November is the month to fall in love all over again with a brand new Kia from Midwest Kia fall in love with a new 2023 kia of your choice fall in love with our fair pricing and fall in love with the industry-leading 10-year 100,000 mile limited powertrain warranty come in and test drive a new kia and enter to win a flat screen tv to be given away on black friday with no purchase necessary Fall in love with a simple, transparent, and fast car buying experience that makes Midwest Kia a better way to buy. Midwest Kia at Kellogg and Tyler Road or MidwestKia.com. And remember, we wanna
0: see you in a Midwest Kia.
1: Prize drawing held on November 25th. No purchase necessary to enter. Warranty is a limited powertrain warranty. See dealer for details. Childcare is a calling where you inspire young hearts, play an essential role in the lives of families, and help keep the Kansas economy moving. Kansas needs more childcare professionals. Childcare is calling. Will you answer? Say thank you to childcare professionals for everything they do for Kansas children and consider what a career in childcare could mean for you. Find help getting started at childcareinkansas.com
5: odyssey is looking for an experienced digital and radio account executive to join our team odyssey seeks an experienced self-motivated sales professional to develop and sell advertising and marketing campaigns to new and existing clients with an emphasis on new business development and digital sales the account executive will use a wide variety of odyssey's products in their portfolio to solicit businesses for advertising in their on-air non-traditional and digital platforms if you are interested in a career in radio submit your resume to odysseyinc.com careers we are an equal opportunity and affirmative action employer
8: weather brought to you by native lights casino during november we're celebrating yes member with savings and discounts all month long at rusty eckford yes all new fords in stock priced under msrp up to 3800 dollars off yes we have discounts available when you order your new ford with us too yes we'll take anything in on trade no matter what you owe and no matter what it is yes we will get you the finance option that fits your needs Yes, Rusty Eckford has what you're looking for with over 300 new and pre-owned vehicles available. We're making it easy to say yes to your new Ford with big discounts up to $3,800 under MSRP. Top dollar for any trade and financing options for everyone. At Rusty Eck Ford, Wichita's only President's Award winning dealer, two years running. If you don't come see us today, we can't save you any money. Rusty Eck Ford at RustyEckford.com Prices plus tax and fees all rebased dealers, dealer stock number 22T518, MSRP 59780 sale price 559.29. Be combined with other offers with approved credit, negative equity could affect financing terms and approval. Negative equity will carry over to new purchase. excuse Raptor Tremor GT500 and Bronco.
2: Offers expire at month end. Your phone call is welcome at 869 1330. This is the John Whitmer Show on 987 and 1330 KNSS.
3: Welcome back to the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, sponsored by Wink Hartman and the Hartman Group of Companies. You can always listen to us by telling your smart speaker to play KNSS Radio. And as always, if you ever miss an episode, just visit knssradio.com. You'll find links to podcasts of all our previous episodes there. And make sure you like and follow the John Whitmer Show on Facebook and True Social. And follow me on Twitter at John R. Whitmer to get all the latest updates On the show, so like I mentioned earlier, next Saturday the Sedgwick County Republican Party will hold its regular biannual reorganization, and unlike many years, uh, this typical uh, cycle a little bit different. There will be a challenge to the current leadership team. the uh, The county party is going to have a uh, an interesting time next Saturday. Joining us now is Deb Lucia. She and her team are running to replace the current leadership slate of the Sedgwick County GOP. Deb, thank you for joining us this evening. You've been on once before. I, I think I think we had you a couple of years ago. I can't remember what it was, but it's nice to have you back on the show again.
7: Well, John, thank you very much. It's very nice to be here this evening.
3: So tell us a little bit about who are the members on your slate.
7: Well, I am very excited about the members on our slate. We have myself as chair, Bob Duell. As vice everybody, chair,
3: everybody knows Bob. Bob's been chairman. Bob's been a, a treasurer. Bob's awesome. Bob. Everybody loves Bob and Rosie.
7: And Rosie Jewell, correct. And then we have Tanya Buckingham.
3: Sure, our our county uh, county register Deed. She's yep. awesome. Love Tanya.
7: And Alex Oakley. Okay, I remember Oakley from when I served
3: in the legislature. So you got a good team.
7: Yep, and he's currently Alex is currently the chair of the Young Republicans, Cedric County Young Republicans.
3: So why are you guys running it it is a little different this has doesn't happen all the time what prompted this
7: well what prompted it was about three weeks ago i I was contacted um, by some individuals there wasn't a slate that was running at that time there there officially wasn't anybody running and so they asked me if i if i would run that there were some some concerns moving into the next two years the next two years are kind of different than the past. well every cycle is different the next two years are st- different because we've got the mayoral race. Yeah, that's a big deal. Big deal, city city council race, big deal, and then the following year is the caucus year, right? And that's a totally different game. And they knew that I had experience in caucus, than that we've got Bob Dool has experience in caucus. So because of those some concerns of you know having a leadership team that knows how to do those things and can. Um, effectively get them done. They they came to me and asked me if I would consider the role.
3: I know you know I mentioned it. David and I talked. Uh, fundraising is a primary function of the of the county chair. We ran down the numbers earlier. Um, I mean, what are your thoughts? Are did I get those numbers right? at that forty four thousand of the of the current uh, team? And well, first off, are the numbers right? And how would you do that differently?
7: Well, I have the same numbers you have. So the forty four thousand is the the numbers that um the, the last team raised was, as of changed. that
3: october twenty seven right. report Correct. Okay.
7: those are the same numbers that I have, and previously you know the um the group before raised almost up more than double that, so such a county is a big county I mean, frankly, if we had had more money, Derek Schmidt probably would be in office. You know The part the county has to have money to f- effectively run. And that's the job of the chair and the vice chair. And that's one of the reasons I'm really excited about Bob Duell being on our slate is because Bob Dool is known to be an excellent fundraiser. We have got to get money if we are going to win the mayoral race, if we're going to be able to effectively win other races. Y- you can't do it with $44,000. Unfortunately, that's just the way it is today.
3: And I, you know, I didn't have a chance. That's what happens when you have you know, ten minutes, seven minutes, whatever for an interview. One of the things that that I, I know that some was spent on a consultant. I know that's something that has people have brought up. I've talked to people who've been making phone calls, pro and against, on these slates. That was
7: money was spent on a consultant. Is that something that you would continue? I, I, I don't know. I don't know what the consultant was hired to do. But we don't have plans to do that right now. We. We have a team that is going to be able to handle all of the things that the we, the party needs to do, without necessarily needing to hire a consultant to do it. And that's the other good thing about our team. You know, you want your leadership team to have varied backgrounds so you can put the right people in the right roles. And we believe that we've got that. We've got Alex Oakley who's got grassroots experience. I have grassroots experience. We've got Tonya Buckingham who understands the government because she works for the county. And we've got Bob Duell who understands leadership and business and, again, really excellent at fundraising. And we're going to put together a fundraising team for one thing. You have to have that to be able to be successful. Well, you
3: also mentioned in the break before we, we got to, came out of the break that you guys have something that has bothered me for so long, I, mean, I went. To, we took the <laughs> bus. We took the, the the fire Kelly, fire Pelosi bus. Pulled up in Sumner County, and here we are at their party headquarters, which they've had for years. You go to Johnson County, and they have a GOP party headquarters, same building they've had for decades. Sedgwick County never has had a GOP party headquarters. It's always something that we share with the candidate, with the congressional or the Senate candidates, which is fine. But we've never had a permanent party headquarters. That's frustrating as all get out. That's
7: something you guys have solved, right? Yes. We believe that we have a location, um, from, and it's because of one of our connections that is going to – it's essentially located, very nice office, can hold about 40 people in a conference room, has its own private office. We can have the – you know, the legislators can put all of their things there. Candidates running for office can go there. We could hold precinct meetings there for training and those types of things. And it is frustrating that we do not have a permanent office. And it's, it has also been a pet peeve of mine.
3: Yeah, that I've never understood why our party has not been able to get a permanent party headquarters for not only during campaign season, but just regular time. You should be able to have someplace to go to coordinate, to do trainings, to do that kind of stuff. Nothing against Diary Builders Association. which We're going to need that for the monthly meetings. But just for regular organization, you guys need that. What other plans do you have for you if you get elected on Saturday? what's your plans going forward
7: well the one of the other things that's happened in the last two years is we have a very high number of precinct um, committee slots that are unfilled yeah, that's always been a problem and but they're higher than most oh, so we have high numbers of those and so To be effective, you have to have a grassroots organization, which is our precinct people. So we're going to get those slots filled. That's going to be one of the first things that we have to get going, is getting those slots filled. But our legislators, who are some of the people who have said, we need those slots filled, can can get them, get the help they need. That is the key.
3: Deb, I wish you the best of luck. I know it's next Saturday, so I'll be there. Like I, I said, my wife and I, we've got votes. And. We're not committed yet. You can ask. David asked. I I don't blame you for asking, but I appreciate you coming in. Best of luck next Saturday. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to The John Whitmer Show. We'll be back. In the meantime, carry on, fellow deplorables.